Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser, a podcast for your school library, public library, whatever. Uh, my name is Lucas Maxwell and I'm the librarian at Glenthorne High School and uh, it's kind of a summer edition, near end of summer edition. Today I'm going to talk about a library lesson I've got planned for ages um, 11 to 12 once we get back in uh, school. Um, I wanted to introduce students to um, gothic literature because our um, students will be um, exploring gothic literature through books like Coraline, um, My Sword Hand is Singing, um, and other books uh, to, uh, to to learn about that uh, you know that uh, style. And so what I did was I've created a mini 45 minute long Dungeons and Dragons um, library lesson library class um, aimed at introducing them to that to that setting um, we've streamlined it uh, I've got I'll put the link to all the documents you need all the paperwork you need um, in the in the notes um, it can be scaled back to make it make it shorter than 45 minutes and I can explain how to do this so there's handouts there's puzzles riddles creative writing so I'm going to walk you through step by step how uh, how I did it. Um, <laughs> um, so essentially, it's a gothic D&D adventure for ages 11 to 12. And what you'll need um, to, to to do this. So I, I have a class of 30 students in mind. Um, the first thing I recommend doing is placing students in groups of three or four. Um, each group will represent one character. Uh First, so what you'll need is just tables and chairs, um, pencils, scrap paper for each student. Um, the one thing you would have that's not like, I guess, normal to a school is Dungeons and Dragons dice. Um, or you could have them roll D&D dice uh, electronically. And if you do that, uh, all you'll need is a, um, a an iPad or a computer or something. Um, uh, an optional item is a flip chart, and of course you'll need some time, so 45 to 50 minutes. Um, the first thing they need to do is uh, create a character, and I've made a step-by-step -step handout for them. Um, they can choose between a dragonborn, which is essentially just like a mini little dragon person, a dwarf, an elf, a halfling, like a hobbit type character, a human, or a gnome. I haven't chosen all the races of D and D. I just kind of streamlined them. I just randomly chose some that I thought would, you know, make it different. Um, and then I've given them some classes to go from, like barbarian, who's obviously a tough fighter, a bard, who's an accomplished musician, a druid, who's one with nature, a friend to animals, a rogue, someone who likes to sneak around, hide in the shadows, um, be fast and stealthy, or a wizard, of course, someone who can cast spells. And I've really streamlined these classes just to make it easier um, and faster, really. So I've given the students as a group, so they're in groups of three or four, some, some things to do, some creative writing. <clears throat> First thing they need to do is think of a name. So they have a character sheet. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Think of a character name and write it on the character sheet. So the character sheet provided um, 
is something I, I um, developed and made. It's dyslexic friendly, and yeah, it's all there. Um, then they need to just determine how many um, health points, how many hit points do the, does their character have. And I've written in the sheet: this is the number of damage that they can take before they, you know, get knocked out. They're not going to die in this adventure. And to do this, because they're basically level one, just for fun. Uh, again, I've streamlined it to make it fast. They're going to roll 3d6. And what does that mean? Uh, they're going to roll a six, a standard six-sided dice three times. And then they're going to add those up. Done. That's how many health points they have. If they roll three ones, they have three hit points. Um, the challenge will be some, some groups will say, you didn't roll good enough. I'm going to keep rolling. I will be walking around. I'm going to tell them not to do this. They're going to do it anyway. But it's not the end of the world if they have a lot of hit points. But the goal is to keep it moving. Um, and then they write that number on their character sheet as well. Then they're going to determine their character's armor class. So that's the number that another monster or creature needs to roll in order to successfully hit them. And I explain all this, how to do this. And to determine that, they're going to do something different. They're going to roll 3d8, which is an 8-sided dice. It kind of looks like um, a pyramid uh, stacked on top of an inverted pyramid. And there's, you roll those three times, add up the numbers, and put that in the armor class. So that's basically how well they're, you know, avoiding getting hit by something. Um, and then just for fun, I'm going to let them uh, determine how much gold they have on them. And they have four-sided dice, which just looks like a little pyramid. Um, they're going to roll that four-sided dice three times, multiply the answer by ten, and that's how much gold that they have. Then I want them to determine their character's strength. Okay, and that's easy. Again, they roll the four-sided dice twice and subtract one. That would be their strength bonus. Um, and, I'll, and I'll explain what that means in a minute. Then they're going to determine their character's intelligence bonus. Um, how smart and cunning they are. Again, uh, two four-sided dice and subtract one. Uh, have intelligence bonus and strength bonus um, uh, sections on their character sheet. Now this is where the creative writing comes in. I want them to determine their character's personality. So I've given them some questions to answer. What is your character like? You know, what are their likes? What are their dislikes? What is your character afraid of? Um, what makes your character angry? Uh, what does your character want to achieve or become? What is your character's favorite possession? Where are they from? Make up, you know, I have different things they can do. Like where have they come from? I have given them a a gothic uh, genre word bank that I want them to use. I want them to use um, words from the word bank. Um, there's tons. There's endlessly. There's eerily. There's cautiously. There's creepily. There's melancholy, macabre, uh, isolated. You know, I came from a, an isolated island. I want them to use some of these words. Um, I have a section for their character's story. They're going to have to take turns kind of like adding to their character. That's going to take... This whole thing probably will take 10 minutes, meaning we'll only have like 35 minutes for the for the actual game, which is fine. Um, I don't mind mind that. The name of the adventure is called The Mystery of Hollow House. Okay, so they're filled in their dyslexic-friendly character sheet. They've got their dice. And now um, I'm giving them, they've got their, you know, their, their barbarian. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, 
And I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer Podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. They choose now a, a class. So they want to be a barbarian. They want to be a bard. So if they, depending on which one they choose, um, I give them the sheet. Step by step on how to attack with their weapons, how to cast spells, um, what to do, you know, if this happens, that happens. Every possible thing is written down step by step. Um, for instance, um, the bard has a spell called a mage hand, which basically um, means that they play their loot, they have a loot, and they summon a floating kind of ghostly hand. It can travel 30 feet away from them and lift anything up that's 10 pounds or less in weight. Um, for example, the hand, they can command the hand to open a door if it's unlocked, or open a window, turn keys, pick up a piece of gold, um, you know, move around, interact with things. It lasts one minute before disappearing, and I'll determine the time. It's not a big deal. Um, they can... Uh, they can disguise themselves. They can make themselves look taller, shorter, um, different kind of like appearance. Um, if they want to try to fool someone, they can roll a, um, a the person like trying to work out if they're being fooled <laughs> or, you know, if they can see through the uh, spell has to roll an intelligence bonus check um, on and on. Everything is explained for every character down to the fine, fine detail. Okay. Um, I will go over everything before the session. Um, I'm, of course, explained to them that the three of you, you know, are going to be one character. You need to work together, and you're all working together. Uh, that'll be the big thing. You guys are not fighting each other. This is not a competition. This isn't a thing for you to to get uh, used to playing this game and learning about gothic settings, gothic vocabulary. Um, so I have the story overview, and this is a story. It's really simple. Uh, I tell you uh, what to read to players, what not to read. Anything that you're supposed to read to the players will appear in italics very simple essentially a vampire has infiltrated hollow house which is an isolated home several miles east of a village called sedgwick okay the players have been asked to investigate strange sounds and music coming from inside the house by the current owners of the manor the bly family the blys are currently hunkering down in a nearby inn called the usher um, the players must solve a series of riddles and puzzles in order to escape from hollow house um so essentially they find themselves on a muddy uneven road i use a lot of gothic literature here thick mist surrounds you on either side of the road you see a dark forest you would not have come to this miserable place were it not for your friends the bly family the blys have asked you to investigate their manor known as the hollow house um as they approach i have like a, a copyright free image that was i i found i got courtesy of someone named liz west on Flickr. um it's of a spooky scary looking gothic uh, haunted type house bats flying out of it it's very on the nose very over the top but I'm, again this is these are students who have never most of them never played dungeons and dragons never uh, maybe are being introduced to gothic literature for the first time i'm going to have a display of great gothic books out there as we do this thing um as they walk up the crumbling stone steps of the house they see a large wooden door looming in front of them words appear to have been carved in it um i have given so the words are riddles. So essentially, what I've done is I have three riddles. I can always make more riddles, um, but 
I will. I, there's two options here. You can um, ha give um, you know three groups riddle one, three groups riddle, riddle two, on and on, or you can just have the whole class. So everybody just try to answer one uh, riddle. It's really up to you. There are three options. There. You could say there are three riddles carved into the door, and they're going to have to work together. Um, they aren't. They get. They're somewhat. You know, in difficulty. They, so the first one is, if you drop me, I'm sure to crack. Give you a smile, and I'll smile back. That's a mirror, of course. Um, the second one is, what has cities but no houses? Forest but no trees. Water but no fish. That is, of course, a map. Um, and the third one is, often held but never touched. Always wet but never rusts. Often bites but seldom bit. To use me well, you must have wit. And that is, of course, a tongue. That's probably the hardest one. Maybe not, um, but you can always give clues. You can help them. They can roll, and in, so is what I say is that if um, if they're really stuck, have your character roll an intelligence uh, bonus um, roll. They roll the d twenty, the big twenty sided dice, and they add their intelligence bonus. If they get twelve or higher, give them a clue. Okay, give them a little hint. Um, as they enter the house, so the door opens with a creak, you find yourself in a dark, dusty room. Uh, purple curtains hang from grimy windows, lightning flashes outside. There's a writing desk in the middle of the room, the walls are otherwise covered in bookshelves. And from somewhere, eerie music is playing along with the sound of dripping water. So again, I'm trying to like really make it gothic and scary, weird. Um, not too scary, of course, but they are going to be learning about gothic literature, so this is what they're going to get. I mean, books like My Sword Hand are singing, is singing, is, is you know, they are slaying vampires in that book. Um, there's a large chest that sits in the corner. Um, if the players open the chest, uh, I have a swarm of bats that erupt out of it and all around you. Everyone who's you know, in that room has to roll a d20, and I have pictures of what the dice look like. I forgot to mention that. Um, uh, pictures of what the dice look like. Uh, and I asked them to add their strength bonus to the result, uh, which is found on their character sheet. If they roll a 15 or higher, they jump out of the way of the bats. And I can you can describe this as dramatically as you like. The bats crash through the windows. They tear the drapes. You know, If they roll below 15, everyone who rolls below 15 takes three points of damage from the bats as they escape the chest. Um, piercing damage. It's the bats claw at them. You can describe anything you want. If that drops someone to zero hit points if they roll really horribly with their hit points and they are at zero another person can come and they can find a healing potion at the bottom of the chest and hopefully they would be kind enough to give that to them and heal them um you can just describe how the bats kind of wreck havoc throughout the house once the bats are gone they can roll any one of them can roll a d20 and add their intelligence bonus the group the, the player or the group with the highest number um can they notice one of the books um, stands out. It has a bright yellow cover, and it looks as if it's about to, it's perched on the edge of the shelf. And if they interact with the book, they realize that it's not a book at all. It's a lever, a lever. Pulling that lever makes the entire bookshelf move open into a into a revealing a larger room. The music is louder. They see an organ playing the music with nobody sat there. Um, nobody sat there playing. The music is just going. Um, you feel a rush of air behind you. The secret door slams shut. You are now trapped. Okay, to get out of this room, players must unravel um, a, a, a series of puzzles hidden through the uh, hidden throughout a bunch of paintings. Okay, um, and you describe to them. Um, there is a uh, there is a a plaque that has the phrase 
count on your enemies and speak the answer aloud. That phrase is vital to understanding what the puzzle is about. Um, the paintings, okay, show, and you can, I have a handout to show each group what the paintings show. The paintings are, painting one has one vulture, okay? Painting two has three dragons. Painting one has one minotaur. Painting, painting one, painting three has one minotaur. I shouldn't say the numbers. Just go through. The next painting has two apes. The next one, five zombies. The next one, six spiders. The next one, five snakes. So what they have to do, they must work out that if they look at the number of creatures in the painting and then count into their names, that will reveal the letter. For example, there's a painting with three dragons. Okay, three dragons. Then you go, okay, what's the third letter in the word dragon? It's an A. Put that letter aside. They, write that down in your scrap paper. There are five zombies. The fifth letter in the word zombie is an I. Okay, on and on. Now, once the players have all their letters, they need to rearrange them to spell out a word. The word they're going to spell out, of course, is vampire. Okay, um, if the players need help, they can roll an intelligence check by rolling their d20 and adding their bonus. Again, if they get a 12 or higher, you can tell them this phrase. The number of creatures in each painting is important. If they roll 17 or higher, or if they're really struggling, you can tell them the number of creatures in each painting is important, and you should use that number to determine which letter of the creature's name to investigate. Once the players have this answer, and they say the word vampire aloud, as they've been instructed to, um, you can read the following to the players. Mist begins to fill the room. It becomes hard to see dark figure glides effortlessly towards you from the corner. They speak. They say, you have broken into my home uninvited, and you have disturbed my rest. You are real pain in the neck. And now the vamp now's getting to what they probably are really looking forward to. They are attacking a vampire. Um, they are going to uh, learn how to... Every player's uh, sheet has instructions on how to use their weapons and their spells. Um, but the first thing they're going to do is determine the, the turn order. I'm going to make it really simple. They're going to roll a d20 and record the result. And then I'm going to write down that character's name and write down their d20 result. And they're just going to go down the order. I'm going to do the same for the vampire. Um, and there we go. The vampire, have all the vampire stats, his armor class, um, what the player, what the vampire can do. Um, there's a chance that some of the other players will get turned into vampires. If they don't like that, you don't have to do that. But it's something to be might make it more fun and kind of like a little bit of threat. Um, the vampire, your vampire can kind of like clamber up the walls, make it as gothic and as freaky as you want. Once they have reduced the player's vampire's health to 10 or below, um, they will disappear in a puff of smoke, laughing that he will have his revenge. Um, the players will notice that he left something behind. And when they realize something is falling out of his um, his his, uh, his trousers or his uh, trouser pocket or his suit pocket or whatever he's wearing, this vampire. It is a uh, it is a, a pamphlet advertising the inn called The Usher. Now, you can mention The Usher Inn before it starts, and this is obviously a reference to the inn that the Bly family is staying at, perhaps alluding to the fact that the Blys have something to hide, or perhaps the vampire is simply going to be to The Usher Inn to seek his revenge on the Bly family. You can leave this as a cliffhanger for the group. Um, if things are moving along slowly, you can make the vampire disappear once everyone has had a turn, or you can skip the bats coming out of the chest. Um, anything that's kind of slowing it down. I, I really hope this is a fun thing um, for people to do and try. I really enjoyed making it. Um, it's, again, a quick way. 
you can use different books. You can highlight different books on your shelves. It's just a quick, fun way uh, to introduce them to uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Gothic um, Gothic literature. Now, what I would um, suggest doing is testing it out. Um, I'm gonna uh, what I'm gonna do. I should say I'm gonna test it out with my D and D team. I think they're gonna probably initially be like, oh, because it's not real, quote unquote, D and D, because they've really because it's been streamlined for someone who doesn't know anything about it. I don't think it's detrimental to them because there's nothing really... Um, once they, If they ever do get into D&D, they're going to immediately know that it's not like the right quote-unquote rules. But it doesn't really matter, in my opinion, because the idea is not for them to learn how to play Dungeons & Dragons. The idea is for them to work together, use some creative writing, hopefully use some... Um, uh, teamwork to solve these riddles and puzzles um, and learn about gothic literature and you can I'm going to be promoting gothic books throughout um, as much as I can and I just think it's a fun way to do it I'm going to be using the, the big screen that we have in the library to kind of like um, set the mood I'm going to have some music uh, the haunted house it, it, even if it's just something you run in October as part of like uh, scary library lessons or something you could do it as a lunchtime club if you had enough you could have like a you could have a sign-up sheet and go learn how to play D D or not learn it because that's not what they're doing but learn uh, about gothic literature uh here's a D D um adventure uh it will draw them in if they hear the, if they hear the word dungeons and dragons it will draw them in i think if you get any pushback um from parents on like this is dungeons and dragons i don't want my child playing Dungeons and Dragons in, in school, forced to play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it's not really. What it is, is gothic literature, which is part of the curriculum, at least here in the UK. So it's not really, they're not, they don't have an argument with you, they have an argument with the Department of Education, which isn't your problem. Um, it, <laughs> to be perfectly blunt, um, if you get some people who are going to be difficult, just for the sake of being difficult, um, which can happen. But what I suggest you doing is then not even using the words Dungeons and Dragons. If you are concerned, you can say, we're going to be learning about Gothic literature today. They just end up rolling dice and using creative writing. There's lots of ways you can uh, ensure that uh, people who are annoying like that and have nothing better to do um, don't get under your skin and cause you a headache. So uh, I hope that was useful. <laughs> um, I hope that uh, you play this game and uh, the students enjoy it. I'm really, really excited to launch it. I'm going to have every year seven and year eight, so every 11 and 12-year-old in the school is going to be uh, playing this game. Um, if you need to contact me on anything, you can, can do so at uh, lucasmaxwell at hotmail.com or on Twitter at lucasjmaxwell. Uh, Thank you very much. Have a good one. Take care. Bye.